Welcome to the Park County Dugouts podcast. Uh, today I have two guests with me, um, uh, Mr. Vermillion and uh, Miss uh, Chantel uh, Parche. Um, and they're here uh, in dual capacities representing the community. Uh, um, Dan sits on the board of the uh, Four Rangers. Uh, he's also a uh, Livingston School Board member. Um, but um, we're going to sit back, relax, and uh, chat a bit about the uh, proposed wellness center uh, here in Livingston. So, Dan and uh, Chantel, welcome. Thank you very much, Jeff. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. Nice to be here. Yeah, um, it is. We're Dan's nice enough to host us up in his uh, conference room. <laughs> it was hard to get a booking in here, but I'm glad <laughs> we could get you in. <laughs> um, Dan, you're on the board. Why yep. don't you uh, start with, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got invited to be on the board of the uh, Four Rangers Foundation, uh, what it is in particular, and... Uh, All right. Well, I, I grew up in Billings and uh, moved here probably back in, uh, I don't know, 2000 or so. And my wife and I had have three kids starting in 2006. We had three kids uh, um, in 2006 and 2008. And, you know, as a parent growing up, you know, raising kids here and, um, you know, our kids love to go ski. They love to do stuff outside. But there's a lot of days and a lot of time where, especially when our kids, now that they have their own cars and stuff, they can kind of be a little more self-sufficient. But for a lot of years, really, while your parents are working, it was a challenge to find opportunities and places for our kids to go recreate after school. And, you know, I have a daughter now who's very into basketball, and honestly, trying to find an open gym to practice basketball most of the year is a real challenge in Livingston. So I was asked to join the board, um, I assume just because I've been involved in a lot of different issues over the years. Um, we just formed the board Again, it was right before, right as COVID was starting. And it's been, you know, we've been really fortunate. We've got a really good board. We've got um, Bannock Partners with Chase Rose, who grew up in the Shields Valley, helping us organize this campaign. And, you know, in partnership with the city, we've managed to select a location. And with the work of the foundation, and particularly the fundraisers with the foundation, have managed to raise almost 23 $24 million dollars to build this Four Ranges Wellness and Rec Center for the community. Um, it's gonna have basketball courts, swimming pools, a lap pool, I mean, or a, like a, a recreational swimming pool, and then an actual lap pool, competitive swimming pool, um, running track upstairs, weights, cardio equipment upstairs, um, meeting rooms, um, just kind of, you know, it is really supposed to be a community wellness and rec center. So. Our goal is to provide as many services as we possibly can out of that space and to address a pretty serious need here in Livingston for healthy alternatives, healthy activities for our kids, especially during those long winter months. Um, yeah, I have three kids. Um, a daughter who's a freshman at Gallatin High and uh, twins, twin boys who are in eighth grade up at uh, Sacagawea. And uh, 
before moving to Bozeman in August, she lives in a Livingston for three years. There wasn't anything at all for the boys to do in the wintertime, um, except for, you know, they'd, they'd be lost without Maggie Carr in the Civic Center. Uh, but it, it's just too cold for them to go outside and, you know, screw around and have fun, run around, ride the bikes or do whatever. Um, unless you're a skier. Yeah. Uh, which one of them is now, but unless you're a skier, there's nothing to do in the wintertime. Um, so this would be a huge, huge uh, benefit. It would be. I mean, the, kind of the moment that always crystallizes that in my memory was when my, our kids were probably like six, four, and four, and because I have twins as well, and we used to live up just outside of town, but kind of in the wind tunnel. And it was a beautiful, sunny Livingston afternoon, but the wind was howling about 70. My kids are sitting inside, and I'm like, dang it, you need to get outside. And I'm forced them to go out in the front yard, and I look over, and my kids are trying to stand up in the wind. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you can come inside. But that just kind of highlights what you're saying, Jeff, that it is, you know, I think parents and children who have healthy alternatives, healthy opportunities that allow them to either be, you know, practice sports, get in shape, go read, whatever it is they want to do, but to have a safe, comfortable place to do that, I think is a really one of the foundational pieces to a healthy community. Um, Chantal, tell us a little bit about yourself, and uh, you run a organization in town called L'Esprit. Um, tell us about that as well. Sure. So um, I'm a mom of three as well. I have um, my daughter's now in college, and then I have a senior and a sophomore. So I've been part of the community for a long time, and uh, I'm a counselor, so a social worker. And in 2015, I started a mental health agency, a licensed mental health agency that served kids. And uh, back then, we started working in the schools and within the community. And then we've, since then, we've grown from 2015 to where we serve adults, and we also have a substance use and recovery program. So work, um, I've worked in mental health for the past uh, 15 years in this town and then also um, in 2016 after owning the agency for a year I noticed that a lot of the clients the kids that we work with they didn't have anywhere to go after school or things to do um, any activities to participate in and um, a lot of times they might not have the means to participate like in sports and um, the cost of things that could happen you know that go along with sports and everything or other activities extracurricular things so at that point, I started a nonprofit called uh, Rise, and part of that was, or the main focus of it was creating the Cool Cafe. So it's a space downtown um, that I had open for a little over four years, and that was uh, just a short walk from the school. It's right next door to L'Esprit, and we opened the space up with a bunch of pool tables and ping pong and books, and we had things like mentors and a lot of different volunteers that would come in and do art and different things with the kids. Um, and part of that, I had a federal food program that we were certified in to be able to offer free meals and snacks. So every day we'd have kids walking down um, weekdays after school, and, and sometimes we'd have anywhere up to 40 to 70 kids there at a time. And so it was great. It was a good place for them to go. It gave kids an opportunity that didn't um, have the other things to do after school. So part of that is within the mental health world, a lot of the things, especially particularly with our weather, um, you know, 
Livingston had the highest per capita suicide rate there for a time. And um, we, we suffered with a lot of suicides beginning in 2015. So in 2016, I was approached to begin taking on work with um, suicide and prevention and grief support. So at that time, through the nonprofit, we started doing, um, we recruited a bunch of our counselors over from L'Esprit, and we started doing um, the prevention work in the schools. Um, signs of suicide, I taught it for many years as well in the middle school to all ages. And then also we did all the crisis, we cre helped create the crisis response plan for the school district with, along with the superintendent. And then um, anytime there was a death or a suicide completion, we were there to help uh, run the crisis team. And so many times I was always asked like, what can we do? What do we need to change? Um, we got a lot of support from the Arthur Blank Foundation. And um, so they were extremely passionate and very helpful and wanted to do what they could. So together working with them and uh, closely working with Tanya Roop, we were able to um, do more of the programming to help us fund those things and to help with the uh, resources needed in the community. But what I always said was we need more things for the kids to do. You know, there's a lot of kids that are just going home straight after school. Um, they're just stuck in their home. They might not socialize. They might not have other um, opportunities to participate in things. And then the, the problem in Montana with the suicide rate, uh, one of the things that we find is the weather. And so um, with the lack of sunshine, you get a lack of vitamin D, and um, which contributes to depression. And then you also, you're not socializing with anyone and you're, you're you know, you have fewer opportunities to be able to um, interact with others and for people even to recognize when you might be struggling. So we've tried to come up with different uh, programming and things and opportunities for kids, but unfortunately those are things that you have to sign up for, have parent participation, and be a part of and find transportation. So when I heard about the Wellness Center, it's exactly what I had been hoping for and thinking about for years. And especially the fact that the city residents, I heard, would um, have no charge to be a part of that, That's correct? That's true, yep. And so um, that would just be an amazing experience and opportunity. You know, uh, my kids were involved in sports and, um, you know, extracurricular activities. However, um, like Dan was saying, there's not a place to go and recreate. You know, they, they belong to a gym, but that's not the same thing. They go do that on their own. So to be able to go to a rec center with other kids and um, play basketball or go swimming or do things like that, I think would just be an awesome opportunity. And pickleball. And pickleball. We're hearing a lot from a lot from pickleball advocates. So. I wasn't aware that was on there. Well, and I think the other yeah. part of what you know, been kind of building on what Chantel's saying is that you know, this wellness center and rec center is not only going to be for our younger kids and our you know the future Montans, future leaders of the state, hopefully, but it's also for the folks that live that are retired here that live here. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're 65 or 70 and it's icy out and you just really don't feel like walking out there and taking that kind of risk. That Wellness and Rec Center is going to have a really nice walking track and it will have all sorts of facilities for people to get movement on, get have a chance to meet, mingle, and get some exercise in a safe, healthy space. Um, in, you know, you bring up a good point. It's people 65 and over. You think of Livingston Healthcare, for example. Um, well, it's top of mind with me. Um, after I had my stroke... Uh, last summer, 
I was uh, sent to Billings, and then from Billings, I had uh, home health, and then from home health, I went to a Livingston Healthcare uh, outpatient rehab. And my biggest problem to this day still, well, it's my right arm, but more so is uh, my balance. Um, and if that had been in the winter time, if I needed a place, uh, there's really nothing around that would give me the opportunity to rehab because they don't have the space for me to just walk and walk and walk. So that upper level tier that would have the walking track could come into play and you could partner possibly with Livingston Healthcare. Well, yeah, and I think that, you know, it's obviously Dr. Coleman's on the board, Scott Coleman, and I think there's a high degree of integration that'll occur down the line. I mean, it gets, I mean, I think it, once the wellness center gets built, once the rec center is built, I think the opportunities for collaboration, for rehab, and for making rehab more accessible to people, what have you, all those opportunities exist, and there are opportunities that don't exist right now, because if you look at our civic center that's down by the river, um, you know, that's just, you know, that building was built a long time ago, and it just is not built to accommodate the people, the number of people that live here and are looking for those services. Um, Chantel, um, I, I wrote a story the other day, and I had to look up some stats. I didn't break it down into the level of Livingston, but it did go to Park County, and it does tell me that Park County is still the uh, second highest suicide uh, County in, in, in Montana. Uh, Montana is the second highest state in the nation. Um, what um, have you seen uh, kids as far as suicide uh, when they have uh, a social life, when they have a peer that they can lean on and they have uh, uh, counselors available spot like a wellness center what would that do for this community and the children I just think it's it's extremely beneficial it's a very proactive I feel um, opportunity because a lot of these kids um, they might even be social but they don't feel a connection or a relationship even and so having a place to go or even if it's just um, someone that it works at the wellness center having that same routine it gives them an opportunity to uh, be a part of something and um, you know the the suicide rate was high for the youth for many years and I think with a lot of the prevention work um, we've been able to reduce those numbers however the numbers of adults is out, outstanding as which would come in for um, why we're so high on that uh, in our county and a lot of people don't hear about that you know we work in at and with the adult population and we probably um, have probably about 30 to 45 adult clients right now and that's definitely uh, you know just thinking about that walking track and to be able to go there and do that we work with them daily um, we they are part of our food program so we're able to feed them um, we try to do like yoga and different um, little exercises and things for them there but we're limited in our space and so it would just be a great opportunity as well for the adults because 
the only thing they usually do is get out to come to their daily check-in at Lisbury and to be fed and to do things like that. So to have a healthy wellness center um, would give them other opportunities as well. I know uh, the movement, movement collaboration, um, they just have a little tiny storefront um, off of Ninth uh, Avenue available to them. Um, Livingston Healthcare again has uh, cancer survivors, uh, yoga at the Movement Collaborate, uh, um, rises at the Movement Collaboration, um, yoga for um, for anybody is beneficial, but for people over 65, it's very beneficial. And having more space at the wellness center would be one of the positives for the for those folks. Um, Maggie Tarr, who's the rec director right now, and she'll still be the rec director, <laughs> whether <laughs> we hope so. whether whether it's built or not. Um, she runs tremendous programs. Uh, yes. I, I know both of you are not a, a big volleyball players, or if you, <laughs> if you are, you do it quietly. Um, but Maggie has indoor volleyball, rec league co-ed volleyball. Um, last year there were, I want to say, 12 teams. Um, competitive were six, and there were six in what's called the rec league. We want to have fun. Um, the wellness center would allow her to have games every night of the week instead of just two nights a week. Yeah. Um, which again, the, the more you're out exercising, the better health you're going to be. Mm-hmm. So um, why don't you talk, Dan, um, about the specifics of the wellness center um, as far as the well, so I mean, it, you know, as it seems like anytime you try to push a big project like this forward, um, there are going to pe- be people that are opposed to it. And there's no doubt that there's a lot of folks that live in Livingston right now that are concerned about their taxes and how much they feel like they're paying every year. And I think everybody shares those concerns. Um, when I look at this project, one of the reasons I felt really it was compelling to me is that it's an opportunity for this community to essentially create an, an immense amount of benefit for the community and while asking a relatively modest amount from the taxpayers. For the average taxpayer, um, it would be about 12 bucks a month, I believe, or 12 bucks a year. Um, let me double check. 12 that. bucks a month. Yeah, 12 bucks a month for the, uh, for the house. And so, you know, so that's $150 a year, $145 a year. Um, that's the but, same price as a uh, subscription to the dugout. There you go. <laughs> but less expensive than a subscription to the enterprise. That is for sure. <laughs> and definitely better value. Um, but the, uh, so, you know, it, it is, it does, exp- it's going to, it, it is going to cost some money for the community. But I think the way I look at it is, you no, know, we've been blessed in this community to have some philanthropists like the Blank Family Foundation, Diane Blank, Candida Fund, um, and a whole host of other folks that have stepped up and new residents, old residents to this community that have really feel very strongly that they love this community, they're supportive of this community, they can see this as a concrete need that the community has, and they've come together 
to uh, hopefully create the funding source to minimize the economic burden of having this sort of asset in our community. And by doing that, you know, they've come up with somewhere between 23 and $24 million to build this center. And that's a gift to the city of Livingston, the community of Livingston. Um, in addition, our school, you know, the, uh, the board, the, the Four Ranges board, has committed to help raising an endowment that will help with the management expenses going forward. Because I know I've heard people, there's concern about, oh, you'll build us this rec center and suddenly we're going to get taxed to the hilt just to run it. And it's important to remember there's already a, a recreational budget that's being used at the rec center, or the, you know, at the, the civic center and the old swing pool that is, you know, guzzling chlorine down by the gallon just because it's so old and having so many problems. So this will be a real benefit to Livingston. There'll be savings to Livingston. Uh, there will be additional expenses undoubtedly, but I think that when you look at the ratio between additional expenses and you compare that to the benefits it'll bring to this community, I think it's a really special opportunity that almost any other city in Montana would jump at to have. We're very fortunate here. It's a lot like our hospital. Um, Livingston always seems to punch above its weight because of the people it attracts and the place it's located. And this is another case where, you know, Livingston and this special place has attracted some people that want to do something really um, meaningful to the community and hopefully really improve our mental and physical health as a community going forward. Um, I'd like to point out that Hardin has a beautiful rec center. Hmm. Just, just gorgeous. It's built within the last seven years. Um, they host tons of swim meets there. They have an outstanding aquatic center. And uh, it was taxpayer funded. That's Hardin. Yeah. Uh, so this is not taxpayer funded. It's Arthur Blank and others funded. Yeah. <clears throat> and... Um, it's just a legacy gift that they're willing to to, yeah. to, to give. Now, <clears throat> either one of you can grab onto this. Um, it's, I think, it's important to point out, you got $25 million, let's say, mm -hmm. um, absent the endowment, which estimates have it at $5 million. Um, so let's say you got this $25 million to build this center. One of the, I think we would all three agree, one of the biggest needs, if not the biggest need, uh, in the community is housing, affordable housing. Mm -hmm. um, this money cannot be used, can never be used for anything other than the wellness center. And I think it's important to point out, if it's not used for the wellness center, the wellness center, it goes away. Yeah. I think that's completely accurate, Jeff. I think it's a super important point to make to the community and the folks that are kind of trying to consider about how to, how to vote on this particular issue. And this is not money. We all know there's a, an acute affordable housing crisis in Livingston. I would, you know, and unfortunately, you know, this money has been donated to the community for its wellness and rec center by a whole host of different folks. And if we do not pass this referendum or to pass this tax district in March, um, this money will go away and will be used in other communities elsewhere in the United States. And I think that'd be a really unfortunate outcome. Um, you know, this is about as good a, as it, it's as good an opportunity as any community anywhere gets to have a recreational center built in its midst that's going to be open to the public. And 
think that's just really hard to overstate, especially in this day, day and age. So we're really lucky to have this opportunity. And I really hope, I mean, when you look at the ballot initiatives, you know, the ballot that's going to be sent out to you, you'll have a, the opportunity to vote yes for the tax increment district or vote no. A yes vote, it'll get built, but no vote, it won't. So um, if people do have questions or, you know, there's, there's a, we have a website, we have a whole host of community events coming up, but we're really trying to get the information out there because I think the more people see of this operation, see of this, see of this project, the more excited and they will become and realize what a great opportunity it is for Livingston. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I just had a couple things that I want to interrupt, but you know, I think one of our, when you asked me about the suicide and just the mental health of our community, you know, the biggest thing is connection. Um, even just at our space of the cool cafe, we have lots of different nonprofits that are always asking to use our space and even offering us money for that. Um, we haven't accepted that money, but I know it's always within their budget. So that's also something I was thinking about just looking at the numbers. Um, and, you know, right now we have kickboxing that's done by the Phoenix, um, a really great nonprofit. And they come in and they use and they have to kind of push aside a lot of what we have going on there other times. But we have all of their kickboxing bags up there. And um, it's just interesting that we're they're upstairs in the old mercantile shoe department. And you walk in and you have, you know, five or six enormous kickboxing bags. And then our couches and books and tables where we work with kids as well and have staff meetings. So... Just quite the interesting thing. Um, another thing I just wanted to mention was, you know, I think um, just looking at the opportunity of the Wellness Center, it also opens up um, more chances of receiving like academic and athletic scholarships because the kids are more able, I think they have more opportunity to practice and to strive to do a little bit better. I know, you know, my sons have played soccer, basketball, baseball, and um, having a place to, to practice, like Dan had mentioned, outside of school would be great. And then it gives them more time to train and to, um, you know, just better themselves. And so I think that could also be other opportunities that would help our um, athletic departments here in the school. Um, I can't speak to your athletic departments in the school. I can speak to the soccer, Youth Soccer League Association, <laughs> which um, every winter has a foosball. Uh, indoor foosball at the city center with uh, little kids. Mm -hmm. And Chad Johnson, who you know, uh, Dan, is the school superintendent uh, for a year now. Last year, during his interviewing process, and you were there, uh, he was asked one of the ways, or he was asked which way he would go about correcting the sports at Park High to lack of success hmm. and Harden where he came from <laughs> wins <laughs> tiddlywinks I mean they they could win everything um, he said it's fundamentals 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 and starting out early which this school doesn't have except for soccer and soccer could use a bigger space than the civic center <laughs> So um, those little kids who, you know, I watch, five, six, seven years old, same for indoor basketball. They start out with Maggie when they're five, six, seven years old. They could use a bigger space. Um, and this would give, give them that. Yep. But I'd like Chantel or 
man, talk to the people who are, don't talk to the people who are on Facebook saying no, because you never change their minds ever. Um, but the people who are uh, 60, 65 years old and over, uh, not necessarily worried about their taxes, but they just don't want it. They just don't want this to happen. Um, and I keep harping on kids that because that's what I'm all for is kids. But um, tell them how important it is to give these kids something to do. Sure. I just think for the, the kids and the adults um, with our, our experience, for them to be able to participate in something and the community be able to offer it, it's just an enormous asset. It's... Um, you know, a lot of times when we created the um, originally Live Well 49, um, back that was that all stemmed from the suicides. And we had so many community members coming to us to ask, like, how can I help? How can I volunteer? And some of them just wanted to make a financial contribution, which we didn't. That wasn't always the case. That's not what we needed. We needed more people. We needed more offerings of activities and um, opportunities for these kids. So um, I know that... If you want to invest in the youth and if you want to invest in the community, you know, thinking of the tax dollars of $12 a month, that could be a lot less than um, other things. So it gives you an opportunity to really give back to your community and to the overall well-being of all that's here. Man, at 50,000 square feet, if it passes in March, when would they uh, break ground? We would be hopefully breaking grounds very soon thereafter, I mean, like within the month. And would you look, if you know, would they look to hire locally first? Would this bring through the construction project? Yeah, or for would the, this bring jobs to Livingston? Oh, I think it'll bring a lot of jobs. It'll bring. I mean, there's, it's going to be a big construction project, obviously. So there will be people that are working on it. I mean, it's uh, it's these sort of rec centers are fairly specialized in how they're built and who has the skills to build them in a way that um, maximizes art benefit from a dollar perspective make sure that we get somebody who really knows how to do it quickly you know efficiently and as you know moderately priced as possible so i think that there will be obviously some specialists from around the state that will be helping but sure there'll be a lot of jobs here that will be associated with it people that are eating at restaurants while they're working here or folks that are you know there i think there'll be a real emphasis on trying to hire as much locally as possible i'm not necessarily involved with that aspect of it but um It'll be, I know the construction manager company is a Montana company, so at least the one they've identified so far. Um, as far as I'm aware, Bozeman only has the ridge. Do you guys ever get into Bozeman, the ridge being the, uh, the house club? I don't know. There might be a couple well, I know of small that, ones. I think, I think it was Belgrade tried to build a wellness center last year. It was going to be, was it 100? And I think yeah. Bozeman did 79 or $100 million project for those towns and you know that was all taxpayer funded so they were going to have to build it from scratch and both those efforts failed we are deeply blessed around here that some a group of folks have come together to take that part that that part of the project out of the way and get it paid for and so the community i, it's, I just think it's a real benefit to the community if i'm an older person i want to live in a healthy safe community and i think community safety is also directly correlated with having People have a lot of healthy alternatives with their time. Um, 
you want to give a shout out to the board members? Yeah, so I mean, the board members, if I can remember them all, and I apologize, I forget any, but the chairman of our board is uh, Andrew Field, who started PFL. Um, we have Bruce Lay, the real estate agent. We have Doug Bram, um, local, uh, I guess, property developer, I would say. Um, we have Carolyn Reeder on the board. We have uh, Robin Ogata on the board. Bannock Partners uh, is a guy named Chase Rose. He's sort of spearheaded setting up the board. Um, Maggie Tarr sits at the board but doesn't necessarily vote per se. Um, she's just there to kind of give a lot of recreational input, but her input is obviously super important. And then Tanya Root. And uh, Tanya, for those of you that worked in a lot of the nonprofit space and public health space, has been one of the program officers for the Blank Foundation for a lot of years and just an incredible asset to this community. And Dr. Scott Coleman is the other person on that board. I think it's important. Um, if you haven't sat on a board before, uh, for people that are listening in um, or don't know somebody who has, uh, these board members, the uh, people that Dan just listed off, including, I think, Tanya, uh, maybe not, but uh, most of most, if not all, the board members had to put in their own money, um, varying amounts. But they had to put it, the point is they had to put in their own money. They had to pony up something to show those who, when they went, went out fundraising, that, uh, hey, we're committed to this cause. Uh, right, Dan? Yep, no, I think we have 100%, I know we have 100% board participation as far as donations. Um, some board members, you know, above varying degrees, but everybody's participated financially in helping support this project. Um, do you know Tanya? I do. She's wonderful. She works with AMB West? She does, yes. Many what, years. What does she do there? Um, well, I know her title has changed recently, but she, um, and she actually started off um, on the ranch uh, working out there. <laughs> She's quite talented. But um, we worked with her on the level where she was the director, so she would um, she would oversee the grant opportunities, and and that doesn't mean reading the grant; that means getting involved. I had lunch with her many many times, and um, she comes out to the site. She brings a group, and so they would come in and learn everything they could about each organization that was applying for a grant. And I know that would take them, I believe, a couple of months to get through all of them, and then that would help when they would go to advise um, Arthur about which ones they saw and what the highest needs were and, and working there. And she's done multiple things, even on the mental health level um, with suicide work. She's gone to the state and helped us. Um, you know, the, there's an organization in Montana, um, it's called BAM, Behavioral Health Alliance of Montana. And it's, um, you give a percentage of, you know, so you pay to be a part of it, but it's one of the best organizations. So it's all the CEOs of um, almost you know, probably 90% of the mental health agencies and substance use and recovery programs in Montana. And I mentioned that to Tanya and she went out there and she figured out how she can help support them, what to do. And um, so her work is extremely intensive of what she does. She's very intelligent, but she's also a um, extremely likable, kind person and a very hard worker. So just um, tons of respect for her. So to have her on the board and her support is phenomenal. Yeah, and I was just kind of following up on that. I mean, the one thing about having her on the board, and the thing that I've been most impressed with as a board member is the rigorousness with 
which these grant processes, I mean, people think you just get grants. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a really rigorous process. There's all kinds of site visits and they bring people out from all over the United States to make sure that what is in our grant application accurately reflects the situation here. And, you know, Tanya having been on through that process for so many years has been really helpful in that as well. I, um, <clears throat> I want to close by talking a little bit uh, and get whatever feedback I can from you, but talking a little bit about Arthur Blank himself in as much as um, the guy's a billionaire. Um, he's got, you know, all the money in the world. But he gives it back to the communities, which is, quite frankly, rare. Uh, it's, it's not a lot of billionaires who are... Uh, as giving as as he is, but if you think about him, especially Chantel, because uh, mental health background. But I was talking to somebody, uh, the communications director from the Atlanta Falcons last year. Now Arthur Blank funds the Livingston Flag Football League. Yeah. He's done that for three years. He gave a grant, mm -hmm. and he funds, it's 100%. He does and soccer, it, yeah. Yeah, and soccer. And it, the flag football grew from 50 people, 50 kids, the first year, to 195 That's last amazing. year that Maggie had. That's amazing. And, you know. He's, yeah, excuse me, he's just an unbelievable person. Um, when you mentioned the flag football, I think I know where this started. Um, we had, they had many um, opportunities for people to go out there within the community. And this was all through a lot of the Live Well Foundation, Live Well 49 um, organization, not foundation. And it was like, what can we do? And what are your suggestions? And I know we had probably about 10 staff that went to those. There was a two day um, opportunity, I believe. And one of them made the comment, like, it would be great if they could like, maybe meet some of your football players or something like that. And I think that's honestly where that came from, just a little comment. They followed up, asked a couple of questions, and that's the kind of stuff he does. It's amazing. And we talk about the site visits. He came to our place and met us at the site, and he's just a regular, old, you know, old nice person. And I didn't say old, I meant all. But um, he's just, he was really kind and fun and sits there and listens and asks questions and um, it's just very impressive and the amount of support that he gave us and that um, the, the just the passion that he has about it and the compassion and, and everyone that works at his foundation is great. You go out there and we were able to stay um, multiple times at AMB West and so to stay at that ranch it's by all means a five-star um, location and accommodations and they had they hosted us for different times many of times and the whole Time, they just want to learn what else they can do to help our community. And I'm just really grateful for him and their foundation. Yeah, he, um, he is responsible for, in Montana, having high school girls flag football. Oh, cool. And it's sanctioned by the state of Montana. <laughs> he funded, he was, when we put that in the school board, they, they bankrolled the first couple of years, yeah. for sure. Yeah, he's just an amazing man. Yeah. So um, anything you want to add to it? Uh, no, Jeff, I thank, you know, just thank you as always for covering these important issues because you're always there when our kids are 
competing and kind of you know sharing the importance of these sort of events with the community and I think this wellness and rec center is one of those opportunities that comes by very rarely to a community at this sort of a price which is free um, other than the taxes on a monthly basis during the year um, and just you know the ballots are going to be mailed out in on February 28th and they we just need them all returned by Tuesday March 19th so please vote please if you have questions visit our website or contact one of the many board members um, and with questions or you know Maggie Tarr there at the rec center so there's just a lot of this is a really positive opportunity it'll help our schools it'll help our kids it'll help our community and I would just urge everybody that can support it absolutely I I think Dan said it best and I do know um, in Atlas Bree a lot of our staff wanted to help as well so there's different opportunities if you want to help with um, communicating about the vote and getting people out there I believe it's on Facebook but I um, hope everyone goes out and mails them their ballot and votes yes. Okay. Thanks a lot, you guys, for being on the dugout. And um, that's it for today. We'll see you next Thursday. Bye-bye. Thank you.